Well, it took until week 14, but I finally feel good about the Chargers winning a game. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and now this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What is up, guys? Welcome into the show. Thank you for making us your first listen. If you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also make sure to follow wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there. Well, Today is the day, the last day before the game against the New York Giants, and we have our keys for success. So, David, for me, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think this is much more of a game about the Chargers and themselves more than it is about any specific matchups or anything on the Giants side of the ball, you know, just because there are some matchups there. But I think this is about the Chargers not getting in their own way is the biggest thing. So we'll get into our keys for success offensively and defensively. No giant mistakes that could change the game. Don't keep them in it. A lot of things to get into there. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll get into the injury report. You know, Limbaugh Joseph, Justin Jones, worth talking about at this point. Asante Samuel Jr. Is he going to potentially be back this week? We'll get into all that before getting into our bold and game predictions. And I will be shocked if either one of us picked the Giants to win this game. But today's episode is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. So defensive keys for success, David. So I think it starts one place for me specifically, and it's just don't let Saquon get going because I know you guys talked about it on the crossover yesterday that Saquon hasn't looked like he's had the same juice, right? And, I mean, the numbers would reflect that. It hasn't been a, a stellar season for him when he's been able to be on the field. Patricia Traina told us, you know, the ankle could still be bothering her. But I said before, you know, Limbaugh Joseph, Justin Jones, they haven't practiced fully this week. You know, good chance that they could go. But either way, the Chargers need to continue that really streak that they've been on of not being a terrible run defense team, right? Daniel Power put sixth in DVOA in run defense. Since the bye week, right, that's huge improvement. And a lot of young guys stepping up in there, even with Justin Jones and Limbaugh Joseph missing for some of those games. But there's still some flashes of Saquon in there, some old Saquon Barkley in there sometimes. But I think, I mean, when Mike Glennon is your quarterback, as we expect him to be this week, I mean, I think that's where you have to start. Yeah, no question. I think the Giants are going to look at this Chargers run defense and say, I can run the football against this team. They're going to see that 140-plus rushing yards per game given up, and they're going to say, I'm definitely going to try to establish the run with Devontae Booker and Saquon Barkley. Both of those runners are averaging less than four yards a carry, 3.9 for Devontae Booker and 3.8 for Saquon Barkley. Um, but the, in the last three games, the Chargers have only given up 99.3 rushing yards per game. So it's a much different run defense than what we saw before the bye week. I think they've been trending positive ever since then. Um, but I do expect the the Giants to try to control uh, control the tempo on offense, try to run the football. So the Chargers must be ready for that. Uh, the other thing they're going to do, Daniel, is is the short passing game. <laughs> they're going to do it a lot. Uh, that is a huge staple. Uh, they don't throw the ball deep very often. In fact, Mike Glennon has tried six times, was only successful on one pass, past 20-plus yards. 
uh, in his one start. I know it's you know small sample size, but that's what we have to go on so far. But 53% of his throws are under 10 yards. So he is going to be looking for the checkdowns and those quick, easy, get the ball out of his hands quickly type passes. Uh, so you have to be ready for that going into this game. Yeah, for sure. And this was a crazy stat that I came across in my research for this one. In two of the past three games, the Giants have averaged more yards per rush than they have yards per pass attempt. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how that's Yuck. possible. Scary. I mean, they've averaged more than five yards a carry in two of the last three games. So that's definitely a positive trend for them. But, I mean, for the Chargers, it's been better, right? Some of that was Daniel Jones as well. And we think it's Mike Glennon, which is still weird because, you know, Patricia said, you know, he's out. It hasn't officially been said that Daniel Jones is out. Yeah, I think that's what everyone is assuming. He's not cleared for contact, though. Not so, yet. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the weird things for it. They haven't put the game status out, you know, but they haven't for anybody. I'm going to trust Patricia Trainer and say it's Mike Gwennon in this one. And, like, what a neck, you know, first of all, on that dude. I mean, I wish he could give me a couple inches for my neck, honestly. I'd yeah. have a, a, first of all, I'd be like six foot, you know, almost six foot two, which would be great. But Mike Glennon is Mike Glennon, right? He's a backup yeah. quarterback for a reason, as Anthony Lynn would say. And I mean, you talked about, yeah, it's a small sample size, but he's basically been as many touchdowns as he has interceptions as well. So yeah. it's not like that's yeah. something that is, you know, out of the question for Mike Glennon. That's just kind of who he is at this point. And when he did go deep, right, a lot of those balls were up for grabs when he was oh, yeah. putting them down there. One of them, you know, he did yeah. get intercepted on one of the deep balls as well. So I think that's just something. A lot that, of limp ducks out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of just desperation heaps almost. It seemed like some into double coverage and he got picked by Xavier Howard and could have been Javon Holland. Almost got picked by Javon Holland again well, later on in the game. Speaking of those contested catches, that's actually one of my keys here, especially when it comes around Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's been really good with the contested catches this year. He has uh, eight of his nine contested catches that he's hauled in this season. So if Mike Glennon does decide to throw the ball up, he's probably going to be looking in Sterling Sterling Shepard's direction. One, I mean, quarterbacks in the NFL, like if you give them wide open passing windows, they're going to complete it, right? I mean, he had a couple tight window throws, but eventually you turn back into Mike Glennon, right? Eventually the carriage turns back into a pumpkin, and that's just what the Chargers have to do is if you make them earn it, Eventually, he's going to look like Mike Glennon, right? And I think oh, yeah. the one place where you can easily exploit that is what we learned yesterday, the Giants' biggest weakness. I mean, we knew. But the offensive line, David, and coming off of a week where the Chargers had 27 pressures against Joe Burrow and the Bengals without Joey Bosa, who didn't register a single one in that game. You do Crazy. lose Kyler Fackrell, who I'm guessing is going to be put on injured reserve going into the weekend. But at the same time, there's no reason that you can't have a duplicate performance of that. And that's how you get the turnovers, right? Forced oh, yeah. four turnovers last week. Mike Glennon has already shown a propensity to put the ball in danger, right? So rattle Mike Glennon. Giants offensive line is the weakest unit on the team. You need to see that pass rush, especially going towards the end of the season. Yeah. Keep it going, right? Keep the gas, you know, foot on the pedal. And use that same creativity you used last week with Absolutely. the safety blitzes, with the games and stunts you were running inside. Like, this is another game where you can keep building the confidence for that unit. And you have to get yourself in those third and long situations on defense to be able to deploy those packages. Yep. So the Chargers need to continue to have success on defense on first and second down and get the Giants into those third and long situations so that they can deploy those games and, and those specialty blitz packages that they've been saving up. But... One place that you can attack on this Giants offensive line, no matter what the down, is the right side of the offensive line. They are incredibly weak. 
Nate Soldier, the right tackle, and the right guard, Will Hernandez, has given up. Now, listen to this. 60 pressures and 10 sacks between those two players alone. So that is a giant, bright red target right on their faces. The Chargers should look to exploit them. Make sure that you move Joey Bosa inside on Will Hernandez and let him go to town because he's given up six of those sacks by himself. That's a huge key to this game. Attack the right side. If you do that, you will get pressure on Mike Lennon. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to help your cornerback group who's banged up as well, right? We don't know about Chris Harris Jr. yet. We don't know about Asante Samuel Jr. yet. That's two of your three starters right there. The Chargers are mostly in nickel. So pressure helps everything. We said that at the end of last week's show, right? Like that covers up a lot on the back end, but stay creative. It was so nice to see that. I think in this game for the Chargers defense, the last thing's just no giant plays allowed, right? And no giant penalties. I mean, if you let Saquon Barkley break a 70-yard run, maybe it changes the game, makes them feel like they're in it, right? Right. If you're letting those, you know, flailing ducks down the field and you're turning that into a defensive pass interference for 35 yards, now it's a different game. You know, Kadarius Tony, don't know if he's going to play yet, but he's a guy that can change the game in one play as well. Human joystick type of a player. So exactly. that is something that, I mean, if you can smother that, which the Chargers have done a pretty good job of, there's no reason you'll let this offense feel like it should be in this game at all. And it'll keep building up momentum for a defense that hasn't lived up to expectations so far this year, frankly, right? I mean, it just hasn't. Well, and Daniel, there's not a lot of explosiveness on this offense at all. The Giants do not have any player on their offense that has more than two rushing touchdowns or two receiving touchdowns on the season. So <laughs> you should be able to handle this de- this team very easily. Yeah, team hasn't scored, you know, more than 20 points in nine of the last 12, five straight games of 20 or less points by that Giants offense. And they're starting their backup quarterback or maybe somebody they signed up the Bills practice squad this week. So no excuses for this Chargers defense at all. But the Giants defense has been low key. okay recently. And I think that'll be a big step for this Chargers offense to go out there and put the hammer down on them. Right. And I think they absolutely can. So we'll get into our keys for success offensively coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys. That, I mean, the Super Bowl is coming up quicker than I would want. I mean, football season is going by in a flash, and the Super Bowl is at SoFi Stadium. I mean, the stars are aligning. The Chargers could have a chance, right? Rearing for a playoff spot right now, five seed in the AFC. They got a big shot to go make the playoffs and maybe, you know, make something happen in the Super Bowl. And Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. And it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences including exclusive pre-game celebration with nfl legends five-star la hotels and food by the great wolfgang puck visit on location exp.com sb56 for more information or search super bowl on location that's on location exp.com sb56 or search super bowl on location i also need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet and of course i'm talking about my favorite built bars i mean Built Bars are great, guys. It's my favorite protein bar, and it's so rare that you find something that tastes great and also fits on your diet, and that's my favorite thing about Built Bar, right? You're not going to get that chalky, waxy flavor that you get with some other protein bars. You're going to get something that tastes like a treat, right? And you don't have to feel guilty about it, and right now, Built Bar has so many great flavors to choose from. If you ask me, I'm a cookies and cream. I'm a peanut butter brownie guy. Those are just the way I go, but there's so many different flavors, and it seems like every few days, they're putting out new limited time flavors that you have to check out i mean we just got a couple packages of some really really good flavors right of those 
built bars i always love when the package shows up to the house but so many flavors to choose from get built bar to give you that extra fuel get something that's going to be low on carbs while high in protein and low on sugar as well and get all the amazing flavors you can get a mixed box so you can try all the different flavors i promise you you're gonna find a couple that you like because there's so many good ones you can try the marshmallowy built bar puffs that we just got and that are really light really good Great for on the go. And you guys can always save some money as well. Since you listen to this show, you can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at built.com. All right, David. Well, now it's time to flip things over to the Chargers offense. And as much as, you know, the Chargers defense should be really good in this game, like the Chargers defense has pretty much been the same, right? At least they've been consistent. They haven't always been great. But you, yeah. you kind of know what you're going to get from them to a large extent hard to say that about the Chargers offense and they're going up against a defense which against good teams has given up points right I mean for the most part the Chiefs only giving up 20 in that game that was like kind of right before the Chiefs seemed to kind of tip and start getting a lot better right and start looking yeah. like the team that's been in the Super Bowl right and won a Super Bowl against other teams like the Cowboys to give up 44 Tampa Bay puts up 30 the Rams put up 38 and the defense can set the Chargers offense up for some easy opportunities too I think is another reason why that's so big. But I think for me, David, I think the first thing is just don't beat yourself. Like, I think that's literally the biggest thing for the Chargers offense is just not getting in their own way. I mean, the last game the Giants won was against the Eagles. You mean the Chargers played the Eagles. The Eagles played them tough. You'd think the Eagles would beat the Giants. But what did they do? They turned the ball over four times, right? That's how you lose games against teams that shouldn't be in the same stadium as you. And I think that's the biggest thing for the Chargers to avoid. You can't have the fumbles like you saw last week. You can't have a pick six that swings the game momentum. I mean, we saw what Tavon Campbell's, you know, scoop and score touchdown did for the Chargers last week. That's, you know, with all the momentum going for the Bengals, that changed the game right there. So I think for the Chargers, it's don't get the dumb penalties. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. If you don't beat yourself, you'll be able to put up points and win this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you have to protect the football. Don't give them any extra possessions. Like this is a team who who desperately needs as many opportunities on the offensive side to score points as they can possibly get. And that's what one thing you cannot do. You cannot give them any extra possessions. So uh, for me on the offensive side of the ball, I know we say this pretty much every week, but they need to run the ball, um, but they need to get a lead again as well. Get a lead, get up on this team and then you should be able to run the ball and really salt this game away. The Giants are giving up 122 rushing yards per game, and then their last three games, they're giving up 123 rushing yards per game. So there is opportunities to run the football against this team. I want to see Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry Rountree, whoever it is, get multiple carries in this game. And the reason why I want that is because I want the Chargers to have such a commanding lead that they can do that, that they can get these guys the touches that they really need to get into a rhythm. And like I said, there should be plenty of opportunities to run the football in this game. Yeah, I mean, you it's like you're reading off my notes because I said, you know, in a game like this, it'd be nice if Austin Eckler didn't have to carry the entire workload, right? Especially yeah. in uncharted waters for him as a guy who's never had this many touches in a season. You're already playing with fire a little bit. You've seen him banged up at times during the season so far, limited practice, you know, all week for him this week. So that, you know, those hits add up, those touches add up. This is a game where you need somebody to take over that role, right? That can yeah. be trusted in big situations. So you're not like, why is Austin Eckler coming off the field? Cause you have a guy that's going out there that you actually feel good about. Right. So I think that's a great key. It's something I definitely had on mind. Protecting Justin Herbert, I think is huge too. I mean, yeah. especially against a team where there's no reason not to. I like a couple of their rookie edge rushers. Aziz yeah, Ojolari is nice. Yeah. 
Quincy Roche is nice. I mean, both those guys were guys we looked at in this, you know, in this last draft class. Yep. And they've had some good moments too. But they only had 23 sacks this year, right? I mean, yep. that's not good. Bottom third of the league. They only pressure, you know, 18.2% of the time, which ranks 31st in the league, according to Pro Football Reference. Justin Herbert in the off games that we've seen from him, it seems like the pressure has gotten to him a little bit, right? I mean, and that always isn't the case, right? He's had games where he's been great in the face of pressure as well. Look at his rookie season. But yeah. There's no reason for this Chargers offensive line, even as it's constituted right now, to let Justin Herbert get sacked in this game. Let that affect the game in that way. They should be able to protect him, which also in turn could set up some deep shots as well, which yeah. is another, you know, you talked about getting off to a fast start. There's two keys we talked about from last week, trying to repeat this week, getting yeah. off to a fast start and finding those explosive plays. Yeah, definitely. And I think the way to do that is to continue to use those RPOs, those boots, RPOs, and the play actions. Yeah. The RPO is huge. And uh, and if you set that up with a, a decent, efficient running game, it's going to be that much more effective. It just seems like every time they use, utilize the RPOs, they get a lot of success. That was that Jalen Guyton th- you know, play that yeah. set up the Austin Eckler touchdown to put the Chargers up 16 last week. I mean, And the and touchdown it, to Keenan Allen. And yeah, the touchdown can, to Keenan Allen. I mean, they, they've used it throughout the season with just a lot, a lot of success. So they need to keep doing that in this game. Should be absolutely no less. Also, Austin Eckler against these Giants linebackers. I mean, it seems like every week I'm doing this, but Reggie Ragland, tw- 21 catches on 24 targets, 175 yards. Uh, Tate Crowder, 47 receptions, 64 t- targets, 460 yards, 9.8 yards per reception. Their, their dime linebacker, Julian Love, 21 of 29, 229 yards and three touchdowns, 10.9 yards per reception. There is a lot of opportunities uh, for Austin Eckler to get these guys in space, really stress them out, make them tackle. Also, we don't know who's going to be out there for wide receiver, Daniel. We don't know who's going to be catching passes. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure this is probably on your list as well, but you got to get the tight ends involved. I mean, Jared Cook and Donald Parham absolutely need to get touches, get out get of my touches notes. early. Not I know. And we don't talk before the show, guys, just to let well, you know. We don't we, talk about our keys. We do yeah, talk we don't, about, you know. Yeah, we don't talk about our keys before the show. So this is all uh, right off the right off the dome here. But you have to use the tight ends in this game because, I mean, that's a really big place that you can find some success against the Giants. 12 games, 66 receptions, 622 yards, and four touchdowns given up to tight ends. So get them involved early and get them involved often. Yeah, and I mean, and even that doesn't really, I don't think, explain how poorly they've done against it for the most part lately, except for the Eagles game. The Eagles game, they didn't give like anything up, like zero catches to Dallas Goddard, zero yards, which is weird. But, the you know, Philadelphia had plenty of problems in that game offensively for sure. But in three of the last four games, they've allowed at least seven catches and 54 yards in back-to-back games against the Raiders and the Buccaneers. They gave up 200 yards in 17 catches. And that was only a few weeks ago. So there's definitely a place that the chargers need to get the tight ends involved because yeah, you don't know what receivers are playing. And in turn, you know, those young guys, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer have to also step up as well. If those guys aren't able to go, Right. I do think Mike Williams is going to play at this point. Just, just I think so, Anderson too. said she was texting with him. All the tests at this point have been negative. Could come back as early as I think Saturday is what he thought it was Friday. Saturday. Now it's yeah. going to be Saturday. So fingers crossed there. But the last week was actually one of the weeks the Chargers used their tight ends the least, which I think is another focus to get those guys back involved again, because we know yeah. how dangerous someone like Donald Parham can be after the catch. Last week, the Chargers tight ends had just five catches for 32 yards, you know, 
That's a bad game for the Chargers tight ends for how they've played this season. I think yeah. uh, Donald Parham had two catches for three yards. So I guess he wasn't much of a yards after the catch monster in the last one. But either way, those guys are important. Justin Herbert's very comfortable throwing to those guys, and they just really can attack the middle of the field well, which yeah. is somewhere with these linebackers that you're talking about where you can expose it, right? So Definitely. having those guys back involved in the game plan is just going to help Justin Herbert put up another impressive performance. And, you know, Justin Herbert could probably have an okay game and win this one. I mean, let's oh, yeah. be honest. He could put up, you know, 15 of 26 for 243 yards and two touchdowns, and they could win. It would be nice to see him have a really good game, though, you know, because uh, you never know with the Chargers rushing attack, so you never know when he's going to have to kind of put the team on his back, which he's had to do many I mean, times. hopefully he only has to play three quarters and then gets to wear a ball <laughs> cap in the fourth one, honestly. Were you talking about the same team? <laughs> yeah, it's the Chargers. What are you talking about? And, and like, like I said to start the show, like this is the first game I felt good about the Chargers winning going into it. Even the yeah. games I knew they should win, you never feel good about it, and you never feel like it's going to be a blowout because that's just Chargers football, baby. But we do have to get into the injury report because there's some big names on there on both sides of the ball, or both sides, both teams going into this one, I would say. So we're going to get into that. Maybe Asante Samuel Jr. back this week. That would be huge for the Chargers defense. But I wouldn't, you know, I would understand if they didn't want to play him. You know, try to give him an extra week as well. But we do have to get in our bold in-game prediction as well. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite socks that I've been wearing a long time now. And those are Stance socks. And Stance just wear in general. They have active wear. They have underwear, which is really comfortable. And I know if you've never had comfortable underwear, right, and that's something you're going to want. Right? You definitely don't want uncomfortable underwear. But what made me look at Stan's socks to begin with was just the different kind of, you know, creativity that they had with those socks, like Marvel movies, Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, like all the favorite things that you would like. I mean, mine, I have some Fernando Tatis Jr. socks. I won't lie to you guys. Those are some of my favorite socks, but so many different socks to choose from, Star Wars even. But then when I got the socks, I realized how comfortable they were, right? I mean, it's one thing to look really cool. And I mean, if you see some cool looking socks, they're probably Stan's socks. I would just say that. But when you actually put them on, you realize how much more comfortable they are than other socks. It's like, well, okay, well, I'm getting the best of both worlds here. So this, the socks really got me into the underwear and everything else from Stance just because it is such an impressive product. And it does really kind of stand out from the other socks and underwear, some of the other active wear I've worn as well. But Stance believes that a perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase with the promo code LOCKDOWN. It's promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps. At checkout to apply, enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. All right, David, it's time to get into our predictions in the injury report here. And for the Chargers injury report, the, I think maybe the most impactful names, right, if they couldn't go, is if you somehow didn't have Limbaugh, Joseph, and Justin Jones. Because first of all, Justin Jones was a monster last week before I had to leave with injury. He was having his best game of the season, got his first sack of the season. Yeah. And Limbaugh Joseph, I think we kind of forget that he had a shoulder injury because he had the whole COVID thing. So he was going to be out for 10 days regardless. But he's an important presence for the Chargers defensive line as well. I mean, it's just hard to imagine him not being and just a leader for that front for the Chargers. So especially with the mix of some other guys stepping up, some young guys playing really well. I think that's you really want to have both of those guys in this game. Both of them have at least been at practice somewhat this week, David, but I think that's going, I mean, would be great if it's a team who you know is going to try to run the ball against. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think last week they finally figured out the proper roles for these defensive linemen. You saw Gaziano and Fehoko in on most of the obvious rundowns, and you saw Jerry Tillery come in when they were going to rush the passer. And it seemed like that's the that's the recipe for success. And if you're able to add a couple more very, I mean, you know, with Linval Joseph, but continued to keep Justin Jones in that lineup as well. I think you can really get a, a really nice mix, keep all, all these guys fresh and really continue to attack against the run. If you're able to get these guys out there and be healthy against the giants. Yeah. And I mean, Jerry Tillery still played, you know, 80 plus percent of the snaps last week, but a lot of that's because Joe Burrow was throwing the ball a ton yeah. as well when the chargers got way up. So I think that's part of it, but I think that's what Limbaugh, Joseph, Justin Jones affords you to do is to have him on the field less in those situations. And let's be honest. I mean, Jerry Tillery had a really nice day rushing the quarterback. I think it was four pressures and two quarterback Mm -hmm. hits last week. Absolutely planted him on one of them, you know, so it was a really, really nice hit on Joe Burrow who got, you know, battered and they should be able to do the same thing for Mike Lennon. And he kind of sticks out. So, I mean, you shouldn't, you know, have a hard time finding him at all, but that would be huge. Asante Samuel Jr. is the other one where it's hard to get a read on it, David, because he hasn't been a full participant in practice at all. Right. And he hasn't come off of the concussion protocol. But when he was about to come back from the concussion protocol the first time, the week of practice looked something like this, and then he came off fully right. But he he obviously only missed one game the first time. Now he's missed two games after the Steelers game when he suffered the concussion. He would be such a boost for the Chargers secondary and their cornerback group, especially with the uncertainty around Chris Harris Jr. It's just really hard to get a good feel for it right now. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you feel a little uncomfortable. Personally, I wouldn't mind if they, you know, if they're even on the fence to just, you know, hold him out this game as long as he's there for for the Chiefs game on Thursday. I mean, I know we're not supposed to look forward mm-hmm. or anything, but I really, really want Asante Samuel Jr. out there against the Chiefs for sure. But hey, if he's healthy and ready to go, definitely put him on the field because he makes that secondary the best version of the secondary that the Chargers can put out there. Well, and I think that might sound a little bit hypocritical on the surface just because, you know, we kind of said the opposite thing about Keenan Allen earlier in the week. But the thing is, though, is Keenan Allen's coming back from COVID, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's one thing. If Asante Samuel Jr. suffers his third concussion of the season, he's probably shut down. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, he's he's done for the year Definitely. more than likely. So that's one of those things where, yeah, of course, if you're on the fence about it, you don't do it. You don't push the envelope. I just think that, I mean, if he does feel good and he's kind of felt good for a while now and they've just been holding him out for cautionary reasons, put him back in the lineup. Because the other thing is, this is huge experience for a rookie who's going to potentially be starting playoff games for you, right? Yes. And this is an incredible experience for him to go out there and start, be the number one guy out there for the Chargers, right? And just boost a secondary while Michael Davis kind of rounds back into form coming back from big injury this year. So I think that's huge. On the Giants side of things, like we talked about before, Daniel Jones has been a limited participant all week. The expectation is that Mike Gwynn is going to come off the concussion protocol and start against the Chargers. So I wouldn't look too much into that unless we've been lied to and it's all been one big smoke show, right? But the one name I would say is huge is Adore Jackson, right? Not practicing all week. I mean, he's definitely... Yeah, he's only giving corner. up 53% of his catches going his way. I mean, yeah. he's a really good player. Yeah, and it's hard to say, you know, how the Giants kind of do things. You know, how we heard last week, you know, we thought with the Bengals, hey, you know, with some of those offensive linemen, the Bengals have sat guys all week and then played them, right? And they didn't end up playing for the most part. Not practicing at all on Wednesday and Thursday is usually a death blow for most teams as to your, you know, being active on Sunday. With the Giants season, 
where it's at right now. Obviously, I mean, Joe Judge could be coaching for his job, so maybe there's some more urgency there to get him back on the field. But it doesn't look good, and that's huge for the Chargers because that means you can take some more shots without that guy's you know four two speed on the yes. outside chasing the ball down. So I think that is big. But David, now it's time for some bold predictions. This should be fun. I mean, considering we actually you know expect the Chargers to maybe win even more than a one possession game. I don't know. We'll see with the final predictions. But where do you want to go with your offensive or you know just bold predictions for you this week? Maybe I'll do both. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've done offensive probably the last three or four weeks, <laughs> so I am going to the good defensive week, side defense. of the ball on this one, and this is going to be a fun one, but I actually see this as a possibility. I'm, I'm saying the Chargers are going to get five-plus sacks and five turnovers in this game. I mean, the five sacks I think is almost likely. You know, like I think it's like probable almost. Not probable is hard with the Chargers inconsistencies, but five takeaways would be wild. I mean, you might see Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon if there's five takeaways for the Chargers in this game, I mean, it might be a shutout if you take the ball away five times in this game. So I'll go offensive side and I'll have a kind of a layered bold prediction because I'm going to say that Keenan Allen doesn't play this week, right? Just as we've seen every other person that's tested positive for COVID, they've all missed the next game, even when the vaccinated players, I don't know at this point, but that's part of the reason I'm going out on the ledge. I'm going to say Mike Williams does come back for this one. And I'm going to say Mike Williams goes nine catches for 150 yards and a touchdown in this one. If I was going defense, though, I mean, it'd have to be centered something around that, you know, just because they should turn the ball over absolutely in this game for a team that likes to turn the ball over. And a defense, that is getting back to it because they were a really good turnover defense, right, in the yeah. beginning of the season. And that was part of the reason they kind of floated on maybe yeah, not being the Yeah, I think they had the eight straight defense. games with a takeaway. So, I mean, this, this Giants defense definitely knows how to take the ball away. Yeah, the Giants offense definitely knows how to give the ball away. They definitely sure. do too, yes. That's yeah, for sure. but either way, I mean, yeah, I think that Mike Williams could have a huge game, obviously, if it's him, Jalen Guyton, and Josh Palmer. It would be great to see those guys too. I wouldn't be, you know, mad about getting to see those guys a little bit extra, getting them more reps heading down the stretch of some very important divisional games coming up. But, David, now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Are we both going to pick the Chargers to win this game? Absolutely. Yeah, the Chargers should absolutely dominate this game. Honestly, looking at this Giants team, the Chargers are far superior on offense. They're far superior on defense. This game shouldn't be close, and I'm not expecting it to be. I'm picking Chargers 38 to 10. Yeah, I think scoring wise, I think the Giants defense has been better than the Chargers defense. But I mean, I get it. You know, the Chargers defense gets to go up against Mike Glennon. The Giants defense gets to go up against Justin Herbert. So I think that's (laughs) it. That's the biggest thing there. So, I mean, I think there's a chance the Chargers struggle a little bit offensively. I mean, we have seen them slow some teams down, so I'm not sure if they, you know, run it up to 42 this week. But I have the Chargers winning a solid handled, you know, game in this one. I have it Chargers 27, Giants 13 in this. That's just um, kind of feels right to me where it should be. And that's still, you know, predicting the Chargers to get a 14-point win is always a bold choice because it's still the Chargers. And that's the thing, David, because, what are we saying at the end of last week's show, right? Not to bring up this juju, but we were like, this feels like a game the Chargers, you know, will win, even though we don't think they're going to win. Right. It never has gone super well when we expect the Chargers to obviously win either, right? I mean, it's always letting teams stay with you. And that's why this game, I think, is so huge because the Chargers haven't played any bad teams really this year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. who's really bad that they've played? Like Washington's on Pretty much every streak. single team the Chargers have played are like one game out or are in a playoff spot. I, yeah. I heard that on, uh, on Chris one Hayre. of the Chargers weeklies. 
podcast yeah. with with, uh, with Chris Harey and Matt Money Smith. So Chris yeah. Harey said that all twelve teams that they've played so far this season are either a game back or you know in the playoffs right Crazy. now. Within a game back of the playoffs or in the playoffs, like we haven't seen how the Chargers can handle bad teams. Like even the Broncos, say what you will, the Chargers should have won. Obviously, yeah, they spanked the Cowboys. Right? It's like. They are, they have their moments of being a decent team. They have a good defense, and when you have a good defense, sure. it's always going to be you know you're always going to be in the game to that extent. We haven't seen how this version of the Chargers can deal with bad teams. They're going to have two chances to do it: critical games against the Giants and the Texans in a game that you're going to be at. Right? So yes, I will. That'll be huge because the other three games are inside the division, and you and already you know lost to the Broncos. You beat the Chiefs, but, I mean, it seems like a different Chiefs team you're going to be playing next week on Thursday Night Football, and who knows on Thursday Night Football. And, hey, that one could be for the division, Daniel. So It absolutely could be, and that's why this win is so important, too, is just keeping pace. If you keep pace here and then beat the Chiefs next week, you're in first place in the AFC West. And you control your own destiny all all the way out. Exactly. So that'll be huge, but you're not overlooking this one. I mean, we should have just timed the show how to avoid a trap game, right? And I think we kind of got into that. Just don't beat yourself is the biggest part of it, but. Huge, huge game with massive playoff implications in this one. The Chargers have to go in and take care of business. If they don't, it's inexcusable. I mean, that's just poor all the way around and poor execution, poor coaching. And that special teams too, right? No disastrous special teams plays. Disaster plays are the only way the Giants win this game. If the Chargers stay away from disaster, they should win handedly. But that is going to do it for today's show. Hopefully we'll be back with you guys talking about the Chargers getting to 8-5 and on the season on Monday. But until then, make sure you go subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. If you're watching now, make sure to go hit that subscribe button and you can find the show wherever you follow, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the new TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, TuneIn app, all of those places as well. You can also find the show every day on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But before we wrap the show up, I also forgot I did want to, you know, send out our thoughts and prayers for Demarius Thomas, crazy news, uh, former wide receiver for the Broncos, Demarius Thomas passed away at the age of 33 on Thursday night is when that news came out. And even as a Broncos player, we definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to his family in a tough time and to Broncos Nation. I mean, he Absolutely. definitely, you know, torched the Chargers on many occasions, always had some really many. good battles with the Chargers, but obviously gone way too soon. And I wouldn't have felt right not to at least mention that on today's show, because definitely thinking about everyone involved in that you know such a a tough tough moment but make sure you guys come back with us on monday so we can get after and after the chargers go smoke the giants hopefully but until then make sure you guys yeah follow us on twitter you can find the show at locked on lac you can find our new instagram page at locked on chargers and also our locked on chargers facebook page and also make sure to call into the voicemail line if you want to react to the game give us your questions keep them short you can call into 323-524-7924 but hopefully next time you see us the chargers will be eight and five Writing their first win streak, as David Jokemeyer told me, since week five. So make sure you're back with us then, guys. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.